I've got my drink, by the way. It's, I realise it's oh, like 9am where you are. And <laughs> oh, bless you. Cheers. Mm, cheers. Um, Thanks for tuning in to Combo Radio. To cope with life, love, work and everything else in between, I chat to my friends and other cool people on this podcast. If you love eavesdropping on other people's combos, keep listening. I'm your host, Jess Rendell. Grab a seat. Let's have a combo. Okay, so let's start off with a little intro. So tell us a little bit about your childhood, where you grew up, your life thus far. Okay, so I was born in England and then when I was probably about five, I moved to Australia, which is where I, you know, kind of grew up and spent most of my life. Um, Being an only child, I like spent a lot of time by myself and kind of grew up with a lot of independence. And then when I was 18, I dropped out of uni and decided to move back to the UK. So I came back to the UK and, you know, just been living in Europe for the last like four years, just traveling and, you know, having fun. Wow. Living the life. Um, So when was your first solo trip then? Um, my first solo trip was in 2017. I went to Luxembourg for like three days. I was meant to go with a friend from school and last minute she ended up saying that she couldn't come. I had already like booked most of the stuff and I was like, well, I might as well just go by myself then. Yeah. And, wow. And I bet you didn't know that was going to be the start of this yeah, whole thing. Blessing up, in disguise. Yeah. I ended up really not liking that trip because I was like, being a person who's very extroverted and like being around with people, I was like, this sucks being alone. Um, So it's weird seeing the kind of 360 to me being in love with solo travel now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, so tell tell us a little bit about what happened when you graduated high school. You said that you were at uni for a little bit. What, What was that sort of like from being in uni to leaving uni and doing this instead? Yeah, so in my last year of school, I was very much like, I'm going to do a gap year, like I'm going to take a year off. I really didn't know what I wanted to study in uni. I had put a deposit down to work in Vietnam for like two and a half months, and that was meant to start when uni started. And then right when kind of the re- your results come out for high school and you have to make the decision if you want to go to uni or not, at the very last minute, I was like, I changed my mind and I was like, I'll just go to uni because I felt very like, not pressured to go, but I definitely felt like I wanted to stay within the clique of like my friends and be very comfortable with my friends. So I ended up, you know, cancelling Vietnam and going to uni. I did like O week, had a good party. And then I did like a week of lectures and like a week of, you know, classes. And then I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. This is not what I want to be doing right now. So in the third week I dropped out and I got two jobs. I was working most days, like 12-hour days, saved up a lot of money, and then by June, I was flying over to the UK, and, you know, my parents had moved over to the UK, so it seemed logical to come live with them and, you know, travel a little bit. Tell us a little bit about that decision to drop out of uni, because I know that would be a massive pressure. And I can imagine there are heaps of people who, you know, are in their first year of uni at the moment and are thinking like, oh, my goodness, I'm doing the wrong thing, but I can't drop out because, you know, there's that pressure from my parents or from society. And like people are always like, oh, if you don't go to uni, you're not as successful, blah, blah, blah. Like what was your sort of thought process and how did you sort of think, OK, you know, muster up the courage to make that decision? 
Yeah. Well, for me, I like never really imagined myself going to uni. I always knew I wanted to work in something like creative. And so in my mind, I always thought if I wanted to work in something creative, I could just, you know, be my own boss. And if I was my own boss, I didn't need a degree to like prove anything to anyone. Mm. And so that was kind of my thought process. And then you know, my parents, both of them never graduated and they're both quite successful in what they do. So from them, I never felt a lot of pressure. And so I kind of, you know, I deferred thinking that I was like maybe going to go back the next year. And then when I moved over to the UK, I was like, no, uni just didn't feel right to me. And if it doesn't feel right, I don't think you should feel the pressure to go necessarily. Yeah. And what were you studying? Was it the degree that was wrong or was it uni in general? Well, I just um, started off doing arts, majoring in French and film. I have never studied French in my life, so I don't know why I chose that. (laughs) Um, But, like, the French I really enjoyed because it was very hands-on, you know, you were, like, talking in class and kind of doing all of that. But the lectures, like, I'm not a very good, like, in classrooms, I'm not very good at, like, listening. I find it very hard to concentrate for long periods of time. So, you know, sitting in a lecture hall for like an hour, I was just thinking, oh, my God, what am I doing here? I don't know. I feel like there's there's such that kind of stigma around dropping out of uni and, you know, like, what are you yeah. going to do with your life now then? But here you are. You've created this, you know, yeah. travel business that you're doing. Um, So tell us a little bit about that. At, at what point did you know you wanted to do that as a career? Um, Like I said, I always wanted to be something creative and I think... I found a lot of pressure to kind of find something creative where I could make a lot of money from it. But once mm-hmm. I started traveling and I was like, wow, I love this lifestyle. I love, you know, being able to explore and do that. And I really wanted like an outlet to kind of express that. I've always been very interested in photography. I remember playing around with my mom's DSLR when I was like, you know, young And so I started taking photos on my like iPhone 5 and, you know, saving them. And then my ex-boyfriend actually, like I always said to him, I wanted to start blogging and he was like, just do it. Just like build a website and just see where it goes. So I spent like two months like trying to build up that website. I posted it. It wasn't very good, but, you know, it was like a starting point for me. And now, you know, we're here. Wow. So how did you start making money from traveling? Um, It was definitely a long process. I think when I hit maybe 3,000 followers, I, like, released my first presets and made my first sale and I was so excited. Um, And then very slowly over time, I got companies kind of contacting me saying they would want to, you know, buy my photos or have me write something for them or, you know, they'll give me this free trip or this free stay and, kind of building it up from there but again like it takes a very long time to get to that point it took me maybe like two years to kind of yeah I can imagine yeah so so you went from okay so you were at uni you're thinking I really don't like this then you started was that at the point when you dropped out you went to Luxembourg or was that um so there was probably like a year and a bit in between then so I moved to the UK in June of 2016 yeah. Um, and then I was traveling a lot, but I was always traveling with friends. I like yeah. never traveled by myself. And then the following year, I started kind of adventuring out and traveling alone. And so to sort of financially support your travels, were you just sort of working heaps in the UK and then you'd go on a trip and then yeah. do that yes, same thing I, over and over? 
I worked at a lot of like cafes as a barista and then I would always kind of just book trips and I'd just be like I'm gonna go now and if they had a problem with it I'd just quit and I'd just find another job because you know yeah. hospitality there's so many different jobs yeah. and yeah. I never really like connected to any of them I'm not the type of person who loves working in hospitality um so for me leaving a job was very easy because travel is what I wanted so if something kind of got in my way of that I'd just be like well bye like yeah wow and how did you grow your social following to you know get it big enough to start making money from it because I know that's something lots of people struggle with I mean me with my podcast I struggle with that as well how did you get to that stage it's definitely I think consistency like I think with every skill you start off not really knowing what you're doing. No one starts off as like an expert in like their field. And so I took a lot of time to kind of learn different, you know, photography techniques. Like I've also, you know, never studied business. I didn't study in business in school. So a lot of it is also about how to grow your business and how to make money online and, you know, I have like now I have lots of different like revenue streams which takes time to build up and I guess it's just a lot of time a lot of energy goes in a lot of behind the scenes goes in but if you really want it you just need to keep posting and a lot of the times I'd create something that I would love and I would be so proud of and you know you post it and you don't get the response that you want yeah yeah to put so much like time and love into something and like feel like you don't get the recognition that you want from people is like hard but Mm. it's like a learning curve you go okay so what can I do better what can I change to kind of you know really hone in on and like connect to your audience properly I know exactly what you mean by that because with me like I spend hours editing these you know Mm. podcasts and like obviously I'm just starting out so there's there's a long way to go um but I'm already seeing an incline in the number of listeners on every single episode as it goes along. And like you said, I'm not going to get a million listens on my first episode. Like that's just not possible. Um, So I guess, I guess it is that like, you know, you're pouring out all your hard work into this one creative thing and then you put it out there in the world and it's just crickets. Is is it that, it was it that kind of response that made you think, okay, I need to keep working at this. Like, why didn't you give up? To be honest, I don't really know. There was definitely times where I was like, I'm just going to delete my account. Like I was just getting so fed up. I was so over it. Um, But I think, you know, the dream really kept it alive for me, thinking like this could be my full-time job and this – because I had always dreamed about, you know, travelling the world and exploring and this for me is like my outlet and my way to do that. And so I was like, I can't give up on the dream. Like yeah. someone's going to find my account and someone's going to connect to it. Yeah. And I just need to like work out how to do that. And I think my account in the beginning was very generic. It was very much like, oh, this is just a travel account. And I think now that I've kind of, you know, really found my like solo travel backpacking kind of, you know, little section, my little community, people really connect to that and people get it. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's kind of, you know, making me want to do more and create more and yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of your community, I love all the messages that you convey on your account, like traveling on a budget. You know, you I always see on your stories, you're catching late buses, super early flights, like you're always on Skyscanner or whatever website it is, like trying to find the cheapest flight. And I mean, most travel influencers, they're showing off this like luxe, you know, travel lifestyle, which it literally, it's just, it isn't attainable. You know, like I'm not going to go to Europe and stay at the Ritz Carlton and catch a first class flight. And I mean, I get that most 
of them are sponsored and they don't pay for those things. But apart from just like watching in awe, you know, it's nice with your content to be able to watch and be like, oh my gosh, I had a moment like that on the bus where I sat next to this really, you know, crazy person or like something like that happened too. Like, was that always your intention from the beginning to create something relatable? Yeah, well, I think well, on a personal level, I've always been the type of person, you know, stay in hostels and mm. take cheap flights because that's all I could afford from the beginning. And I think, like I said, in for probably my first two years of blogging, I tried to be very generic and I tried to be just one of those like pretty Instagram girls. But, you know, that's such like a saturated market now. There's so many yes, girls it that is. doing the same thing. And I was kind of, I sat down a few times and I was like okay what makes me different what can I you know provide to my audience that people aren't doing and I found there was either like two categories where it was like those pretty Instagram girls who got everything for free and you know were wearing these teeny tiny bikinis on the beach or there's the backpackers who are quite grungy they wear those really ugly like sandals and like the same outfit and I found there wasn't anyone kind of doing you know, affordable travel for young people who are like, I like being pretty and I like being cute, but I also like, you know, doing stuff on a budget and, you know, taking my money as far as it can get me. Like, I love, I love that so much. I saw this, um, this like meme quote thing on Instagram the other day. And it was like, you know, you can be a nerd, but also love like doing TikToks or you can, you know, it's like that you don't have to fit into that one category of like pretty Instagram influencer who only stays at, you know, Lux Mm. hotels and dines at first class restaurants or whatever. Like you can be the, you know, gorgeous influencer who has these amazing photos, but stays in hostels and, you know, catches buses everywhere. And yeah, I I love that about your, um, your gram. Have you received any hate or scepticism from people? I know when we were at high school, the general kind of, you know, notion was, oh, my gosh, like, there's that girl, like, she thinks she's an influencer, she thinks she can be this and that. And there was so much judgment from people, like, trying to start their own YouTube channels and this and that. Um, Uh, I'm sure a lot of them are probably just jealous uh, that you managed to make it work somehow. But, yeah, have you received any negative um, feedback like that? um, I've never received any, like, outright hate I definitely feel the pressure and like skepticism especially when I tell people in person what I do I find especially maybe like the older generation I would never outright say oh I work on Instagram because I find people kind of giving me like a funny look mm. so instead of be like oh I'm like a content creator or you know I'm a pho- photographer and I find that's more of like an acceptable job to kind of have But yeah, I find a lot of people can be like, but okay, how do you make money from that? And I think a lot of people don't realize I spend a lot of time creating, yes, but I spend just as much time, you know, building it as a business. And, you know, I, again, never studied business. So it takes a lot of time to kind of be like, okay, how do I make money and how do I do this? Um, Which a lot of people don't really realize, you know, happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's the tricky part is because we see all these influencers on social media and that's their job. And we're like, how are they paying the rent? How are they like affording all these flights? How are they doing all of this? It's because it's such a foreign concept to us. It's not like yeah. go to law school, study law, become a lawyer, get a salary. It's it's just not that simple. Um, so I guess for people who may be confused, can you talk through, I guess, a little bit um, about 
how you make your money through it. So I know you have eBooks and I know you have presets and stuff like that. So how did you discover all those different ways to monetize your, um, your Instagram? Yeah, so I researched a lot and I was thinking if people are making money, I want to figure out how they're doing it and I want to do it. So I have like a couple of different revenue streams. So I've got like my Instagram and where I sell presets and ebooks. I also do like affiliate marketing. So if people buy something through that link, I'll get a little commission. Um, I also, you know, people will pay me to write content for them or they'll pay me to use my photos, um, stuff like that. I also like on the side, if I need some money, I'll like web develop websites for people or like help them with their social media because there are a lot of small businesses, um, who just don't know how to, you know, utilize social media. And it's such a powerful tool, especially nowadays that I kind of like sit down with them and like help them and consult them and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. It's such a powerful tool because if you think about it, in terms of advertising, influencer marketing is just probably one of the most powerful advertising tools today because our generation, we're not watching TV, so we're not seeing TV ads. You know, we're not reading tangible magazines, so we're not seeing magazine ads. We're not looking at billboards because we're on our phones. So, you know, if people think that social media isn't as powerful as it is, there's something seriously wrong. Let's talk about your Insta game because I am obsessed with all of your photos. Um, your presets are absolutely gorgeous. And it just blows my mind that you take it all on a tripod. It's just like, I was like, who's taking all these photos with her? Like who is traveling to every single, you know, who's this unknown photographer she has, but you're doing it all yourself. Can can you yeah. give us your um, photo ticks and trips and ticks and trips? trips. <laughs> I can't even speak anymore. Um, tips and tricks and yeah, run us through your photo taking and editing process. Okay, so I love sunrise and when I'm traveling, I'll definitely try and wake up for sunrise. Most days beforehand, I'll like Google different places that I think would be a pretty photo or I'll pinpoint places on like a map where I'm like, that's a good photo to take for sunrise, especially like busy, you know, touristy areas. If you go at sunrise, there's no one there. Um, I get up, I get ready just before the sun kind of hits. Um, I get my camera bag and I you know, wander, walk over to that place and then, you know, set up my tripod, set up my camera, play around with the settings and then my camera has um, like a like a burst photo thing. So I'll like do different bursts, see if it looks right. It will usually take me probably like 20 minutes to half an hour in that one spot and then I'll like walk around to different spots and try and find different places and then you know, I edit all my photos on Lightroom that will probably take me like maybe an hour and then it takes me like another hour to like end up posting it so I know <laughs> I feel like coming up with the caption and everything is like half the trouble as well <laughs> I suck at captions it's so hard for me to write captions so yeah I know I'm like this is me at this place <laughs> cool um <laughs> I feel like that's so much better though, because sometimes when you're traveling with people, I know my boyfriend, he hates taking photos. So I'm like, can you just get this cute pic of me? And, you know, you have this idea, you're going traveling, there's this one monument and you're like, oh my gosh, you've seen all these cute pictures of influencers at that monument on Instagram. And you're like, oh, can't wait to recreate this pic. And you get there and it just doesn't work out, you know? 
exactly what you mean. I like, honestly, when people offer to take photos of me, I'm like, I just want to do it myself because I'm yeah. very like, I know what I like. I know what angles I like. And honestly, they'll take a photo. I'm like, what have you been doing? Like, <laughs> I'll have my eyes closed and I'll be like, this is just all wrong. So I was like, I'm just going to do it by myself. Does that happen to you much when you're like out taking a photo with your tripod? Are people like, hey, like, do you want me to take it for you? Yeah. Or- yeah I guess it's kind of like for me it's a very normal thing to take photos with my tripod but I guess if you're just walking by you're like oh she looks a bit like a loser with the tripod (laughs) maybe I'll help her out yeah Um, yeah little do they know you're an expert (laughs) you don't need their help yeah spoke a little bit about this before about um how initially you hated solo travel and it's it's it is quite popular amongst a lot of people now I mean I personally don't think I could do it but you didn't think you could do it at the start so who knows um I mean I went to the U.S. in 2018 and I traveled alone but I met friends and family in different locations so like the only time I was really traveling alone was when I was on planes or trains or the actual traveling part um does it get lonely traveling by yourself Um, definitely sometimes. I think in the beginning I found I got lonely quite easily, but now I'm kind of, I'm, I'm very comfortable with just my own company. Like, like I said, when I was younger, my parents made me do a lot of like, you know, groups and classes and all that kind of stuff. And being an only child, I've always kind of been that independent person. So I think it's nice to be by yourself. And I think you can have really special moments by yourself. Like when I watch the sunrise in a new city and, you know, the sky is lit up in all these beautiful colours, it's nice having that moment to yourself without, you know, feeling awkward next to someone or, like, something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, probably not anymore. Maybe if, like, I'm on a long trip I'll get a bit homesick. But, yeah, probably not. What would be your best tips for making friends if you were travelling alone? hostels 100% yeah Yeah. people I think are so much more open to talking if they're traveling like I don't think I would go up to a person where I live now and just randomly start talking to them but if you're traveling and you're in a hostel like everyone's free game talk about anything anyone (laughs) like engage with you um because everyone's in the same boat everyone's like out of their comfort zone and like not in the security of their like family or their home or whatever so everyone's open to you know having a good laugh and you know going out for dinner with you if you've spoken for like 20 minutes oh great yeah because I've always been like I would be so nervous because I was thinking about that I'm like if I'm sitting on a train like I wouldn't just go up to someone and be like hey like where are you traveling to, you know, but that's because I'm in a train in my home city. But if you were actually traveling and I think you can also, is it true? Like, can you pick out who are tourists and who aren't? Yes. Yeah. I'm quite good at picking out like nationalities just from looking at a person. And so like, usually I'll kind of pinpoint the English backpackers because I find they're the most fun and I'll be like, what are you guys doing? (laughs) And then I'll invite them to, you know, come on like a walk or go get some food or something. And then we end up hanging out for like four days and it's great. So obviously with COVID-19, you can't travel anymore. What impact has that had on your work as well as your mental health, I guess, because it, you know, brings you so much joy and it's something that you love doing and now you can't do it anymore. Yeah, I think the uncertainty is really really been a struggle for me especially living in the UK like the government's been very like 
quiet about what the kind of exit plan is after lockdown. I'm in week six of lockdown now, so it's been a long time for me to be inside and, you know, not be able to do anything. I had a lot of trips planned, which I've had to cancel. So, you know, I think it's going to be one of those things that's a long-term kind of effect on travel. I don't know if there's going to be like travel restrictions on countries or travel, like you can only travel with like one other person. I don't know what flights are going to be like, but you know, the travel industry, I think is going to suffer a lot from this whole thing, especially probably for the next year or so, I'd say. And what have you been doing in the meantime to sort of keep your spirits up and to keep your business going? Um, I've got, I'm actually been quite busy recently. I've got a lot of like blog stuff. I'm doing a few things for a few different companies, which, you know, gets my money flow, you know, still going strong. I am building a few websites for people at the moment as well. So I'm still like keeping busy, but travel is what I love and so not being able to do that and being I feel very trapped inside I feel very trapped in England so not being able to do that is quite hard for me at the moment I feel like you've been doing pretty well though I mean just seeing your photos that you're taking in your own home and they look like you've traveled to some gorgeous English (laughs) countryside like I mean obviously you are in the English countryside but like you've got this beautiful aesthetic like cottage and you know all the pics that you've taken like the one that you had like you were drinking milk out of your fridge or something I was like how does she do that like how do I look that good when I'm like drinking milk in front of my fridge it's just like you know you, you've you've seemed to just kept your creativity flowing yeah definitely I think if COVID had happened maybe two years ago when I had started my kind of blogging I would have definitely just shut down and just not posted anything I would have been on Netflix all day but I think I've worked so long and so hard to build my business up to where it is now that I just can't let it go like and so I'm trying to be creative I'm trying to be positive a lot of people you know look at my account as like inspiration which I'm very very thankful for so I feel like I like owe them you know to keep that up and even though it sucks being stuck inside everyone's in the same boat so everyone knows how I'm feeling yeah wow I I really like that because you just sort of you're still producing all this content even though you're stuck at home and that I think that's great A lot of people, I think we touched on this a little bit before, but um, a lot of people think that like working and traveling isn't a long-term career. What's your take on that? I think social media is still a very new industry. And so I think a lot of people are like, well, it's not a long-term game. And I think if you're one of those people who gets famous really quickly and like it can just disappear in a second, but I've spent so much time working on it that it's, it's for like the long run. And I think as social media evolves my business will evolve and I will evolve and I will like branch out into different things and you know kind of try and keep it going keep on top of what's happening and you know make it like a long-term career I want this for the long run and I love photography so it will definitely be something that I pursue for like a long time yeah I think I I totally agree with you social media is only just I mean we I got Instagram when it first came out and I remember what that was like. I think I was in like grade six or grade seven or something, you know. So, I mean, if it only came into fruition when we like 10 or 15 years ago, there's a long way to go and it's Mm -hmm. proving so powerful already. So I think, you know, people who are sort of like, 
oh, social media is your job. Mm, well, good luck yeah. with that. And it's like, well, you haven't put in the hours that I have. You haven't seen how, you know, behind the scenes, how much effort I've put into it. And it actually works because if it didn't work, you wouldn't still be doing it. Exactly. So. Alrighty, let's get into our quick fire questions. So basically I've got like six or seven questions and they're like short answer questions, but feel free. Some of them are a little longer answers. I would, I think you'd have longer answers for, but um, okay. yeah. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Fave place you've ever visited? Nepal, I'd say. Oh, yeah. Like that. I don't know. I like. I really enjoy countries that are, are quite different to like what we're used to. And I've been to Nepal twice, and I found India is very intense and very full on, and Nepal is kind of like the karma sister. And it's like, you have the mountains. And when I hiked some of the Himalayas, like it was just so insane. The food is amazing. The people are so friendly. Like it's just such a beautiful place to visit. I guess it's kind of like what Canada is to the US and like New Zealand is to Australia. It's like that similar country, but just a little more chill. Love that. What's the worst place you visited? Worst? Worst trip, yeah. Um, I found Russia was very intense. That was mm. kind of like you, like no one spoke any English. No one was going to help you. Nothing's in English, and you can't guess what anything says because the alphabet is completely different. Um, so I found that was very like it was beautiful, but I found it very unrelaxing. Um, I would say that's probably like not my least favorite, but I don't know. I would want to go back to Russia and, like, re-experience it, I think. How did you get around that if you couldn't read anything? Were you just relying on, like, travel blogs or...? Well, like, I had to... I remember I was in the metro station and all it looks so, like, Soviet. It's all just really, like, sterile. Mm. And I, like, knew the, like, train stop I had to get off at. Um, and I was kind of like trying to talk to the woman and she was just so unhelpful. And I was like pointing to the map going, this is where I need to go. And she was just looking at me and I was like, help me. Like <gasps> that would have been so scary. Yeah. This finally, after maybe like 10 minutes of standing there, this nice man comes up and he spoke English and he was like, where do you need to go? And I was like here. And he like pointed me to the right, like train station. But that was probably like the worst. Wow. Yeah. And those are the travel moments that you don't see, you know, that people are like, people just kind of see, okay, you're here and now you're here in front of this cute monument and they don't see like, you know, all the hairs you've pulled out trying to get there. What's the place with the friendliest locals? Oh, I don't know, like Germany or Denmark, anything like Scandinavian, like people, are so, firstly, people are beautiful. Like it's quite unfair. They're all like so tall and blonde and like tan. <laughs> Um, and they're all just so friendly and they all speak perfect English and they're like, sorry, we speak such bad English. I'm like, no, don't be sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They probably speak Um, better English than half. (laughs) Which country did you travel to that had the best food? Spain. I think Spain has really like fresh food. Everything's like local oh also Italy obviously when I went to Tuscany everything was like so fresh I was like wow is it true in Spain like you just buy a drink and they give you like all this free food that comes with it yeah like you go to a dream they just keep giving you stuff and 
you'll have like 10 plates and it'll be like five euro. It's like, wow. That's literally the backpacker's dream. Honestly, the food is so good as well. I don't know how they do it. If you had to live in one country for the rest of your life, I know this is like a nightmare, worst case scenario question for you. Um, which country would it be? I would probably say somewhere on like the Mediterranean. Ooh, Maybe. Good weather. Yeah, good weather, good food. I'd probably say Spain, I think. Oh, Spain's got two points. Spain's yeah, winning all I, the brownie points in your books. There's, like, there's a lot to see in Spain as well. So I feel like you wouldn't get bored. Okay, what's your craziest or scariest or wildest travel moment? Story time, guys. Um, oh, probably the scariest moment was when I was in Thessaloniki. I got followed by this guy and he like followed me right up to my door and kind of like he looked homeless and he was clearly like a bit crazy and he was like following me and I was it was like probably I think maybe 11 o'clock at night and I was just thinking oh my god I don't know what to do like and he was like I went into the side inside a shop to kind of like get him to go away and he was just standing there looking at me through the window I was just thinking oh god ooh, it was so scared yeah do you have many moments like that traveling like as a young girl on your own or do you feel scared or unsafe yeah I think like it's like once in a blue moon but I've definitely had a few times where I'm like wow like I remember I was in Barcelona and I was walking back from I think one of Gordy's um monuments and I had this guy like just straight up just filming me as I walked towards him and he was like really sketchy looking he was just properly properly filming me and I was just thinking what are you doing like it made me so uncomfortable and I like walked past him and turned around and he was still just like staring at me I'm just thinking do you not have any like decency to just not do that Wow. Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah, because I feel like especially when you're traveling around Europe and like being on your own and being a a girl as well, um, there would be so many different things that you constantly have to think about that you might not, you know, if you were a boy or if you were traveling in a group per se. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of it, some countries have that culture where they can be very open about what they think about the way you look. Like when I went to Cuba, I found it was just every time I'd go outside, people would say something about the way I looked. And I just kind of missed, you know, people just ignoring me when I'd walk down the street. And I found the men would just be like, oh, beautiful, lack. And I was like, oh, stop. Like, I know they're just trying to be like flattering and stuff, but it was just kind of annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess that's just some of the things that, you know, we have to deal with as females. What are your like budget tips while you're traveling in terms of like food because I noticed you were like cooking a lot in your hostels um Mm. when you were traveling what what's your advice for that because food you just spend money on food and it goes like that when you're traveling I know I know this is kind of like crazy but I always travel around with some like staple foods like I will always travel around with like a jar of peanut butter and like if I'm doing like a long long trip I travel around with like salt and pepper because a lot of hostels don't have salt and pepper I or, like, love that or anything like that um I would buy like 
again, if I'm doing a big trip, like buy a big bag of like pasta or something and just travel around with that, even though it's a bit annoying, but it will save you having to buy like a different kind of thing each day. Buy like fresh and local produce. Um, avoid buying meat. I find meat is really expensive, um, especially in like New Zealand and countries like that. Meat is like $10 or something crazy. Wow. Um, wow. So like simple, fresh meals are definitely the cheapest and definitely the most satisfying things to eat when you're traveling. And how do you fit all this into your bag? What's your packing, I guess, process like when you know you're going on a long trip? So I have like my big backpack that will have like my clothes and my toiletries. I always bring way too many clothes. Um, And then I'll have my camera bag and then I will have like a food bag with me, which I'll like pop on top of my camera bag when I'm walking. Um, it's so heavy. Usually it's about like 15 kilos or so. Oh my gosh. It'd be a workout traveling. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Building up a sweat. Um, but yeah, I usually try and carry around those as well as like, you could definitely try and find some people and cook together and then you won't have to carry around leftovers and stuff like that. And that will also like half or third your cost. When this is all over, where's the next destination that you're planning on getting to? Honestly, I'll go anywhere at this point. I'm like, <laughs> I was meant to go to Prague for my birthday, so maybe I'll go on a little trip to Prague. But I want to do like a bigger trip like Sri Lanka or like Vietnam or something. I'm hoping the borders will be open by the end of the year so I can do that. That would be amazing. Okay, what would be your tips for someone who's wanting to do a similar thing that you're doing? They're just starting out, they're thinking of traveling, they're not sure what the first step is to start doing solo travel. What would your advice be? You just got to do it. I think at the end of the day, people are always going to have something to say about it and something is like very uncertain kind of job to have, like being self-employed. It can be a bit daunting you don't really have that kind of safety net like if you if something happens but it's like one of the most worthwhile things I've ever done in my whole life and I think if you do it you just got to go for it and got to you know take that leap of faith be consistent and really kind of try and connect and realize what your thing is I think everyone should have like a thing that people go to them for um for like advice or inspiration or something and every like everyone has something to offer so you know find your voice and find what really works for you like it's a lot of hard work but I think if you put in that time and effort you can create something really beautiful and something really magical that is beautiful well on that note I think we might end the podcast thank you so much for having a chat to me I really appreciate it no thank you so much for having me I've had so much fun